Welcome, everyone, to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy, and with me is my buddy, Sharif. Don't do me dirty, because all I want is love, Hamilton. Sharif, how are you doing, man? I am great on this lovely day. How are you, sir? I am doing just fine. Obviously, we were talking a little bit right before we started recording. And as you know, uh, things have been really busy for me. So I am, you know, getting all these things together. We are having to not just shoot things for this week and, and stuff, but I'm going on vacation starting tomorrow. So I had to shoot things for next week and get all that edited and all that jazz. So it's been a crazy, crazy day. But The positives I do have is, one, I went and got myself a little bit of a uh, coffee drink. I I like coffee, so I got myself a little bit of a coffee drink. But I also have in the fridge, I made myself a little bit of a tiramisu cake. So I'm going to enjoy some things, some desserts here later tonight uh, to unwind from all the stress that I've had built up for throughout it. But that is uh, my little treat at the end of this this windy sprint that I'm basically doing at the moment. <laughs> but Sharif, tell me a little bit about how things have been with you. Obviously, uh, we've had you on quite a bit recently. Uh, you know, Pete had the issue with his AC this week. Pete is sick, so he's not able to be on the podcast. And of course, you being the the great person you are was able to and um, could find time to step in. So how does it feel to to be on the podcast a, a little bit more regularly in the recent weeks? First off, I want to say, well, Pete, um, you're truly missed. Uh, and it feels good. This is my fourth episode and just want to get better and better each time. I'm glad that uh, you trust me with your your baby because I know how important this is to you. So, yeah, I, I feel good every time. Well, man, of course I trust you with this because, of course, you always bring the fire when it comes to these discussions. And so for those that haven't been here for the podcast, welcome to the podcast. This is the podcast that is centered around making sure you're informed about all the video game news happening around the world. Whether it is Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, or PC, if there's news that you need to know about, we'll make sure that you know about it. When you're listening to this on your podcast service, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button, depending on what your service offers. And if your podcast service allows reviews, Please leave a five-star review and tell everyone why you love the One More Game podcast because we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every Friday. If you'd like to be part of the show by asking a question or suggesting a topic for discussion, head on over to pressstartnews.net slash one more game and fill out the submission form and your submission could be used on the next episode. And when we normally are streaming this live over on youtube.com slash pressstart28, you can drop your comments or thoughts down in the comment section and we bring those up as as we go about it but of course we're not recording this uh or streaming this on that so at this moment just put your stuff over on the website but if this is your first time to the podcast welcome to the podcast i hope you enjoy your listen and i hope you enjoy your stay but if you are returning you already know what it is we start off every single podcast talking about what we've been playing lately so sharif what have you been playing lately what i've been playing lately um dnf duel um what else? What else? What else? DNF Duel. I played a bit of Lego Star Wars. Um, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl because a friend of mine was talking trash, so I had to check him out. Um, <laughs> Reptar's the goat, and I went back to The Last of Us. Interesting. So let me ask you a couple of quick questions. So first off with DNF Duel, are you still playing Grappler? And have you gotten any better? Because you were saying last time you were on that you were, you know, practicing to try to get better than, um, you know, you had been putting up a show with your friends. So where are you in your DNF Duel, I guess, journey? Okay, so I'm still using Grappler and I managed to get four wins against the group that I play with out of like 44 matches. So I feel good about myself because um, they're able to play more and they not only have better knowledge than I do, it's just I need to get the muscle memory of certain uh, things that they tell me to do mm-hmm. to uh, better my play style with the character. But I'm coming along. Um, 
for all those losses that I have, I'm going to go online and make somebody pay later today. So stay tuned for that. There you go. And uh, I know you stream every now and then, so we'll quickly drop it in here. Are you going to stream it? And if you, if so, where can people go follow you? Yes, I will stream it. And let me give you my Twitch because I don't remember it offhand. I think it's <laughs> Drew215, but let me be professional. That sounds about right. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is www.twitchtv.com slash Sharif215. S-H-A-R-R-I-E-F-F-215 because I know I have a unique name. You can call it weird. I won't get upset. Yeah, I'm going to – I'll drop it in the, the show notes and, of course, in the description you. over on YouTube so you guys can go straight to Sharif's website or his Twitch page, I should say, and follow him over there for when he does stream. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to ask is what got you to go back to The Last of Us? Sharif, what got you- me to go back to there The Last go. of Us? Um, <laughs> I, I never changed it on PS3. I got about 73% of the game complete. My data disappears. Um, PlayStation 4, I got maybe about 40%. And I wound up getting swarmed with other games. Recently, I uh, got another PS3. And as I was setting it up, I somehow retrieved my saved data. Oh, okay. I'm like, where should I finish it? And now that the PS5 version is coming out, that's a big dilemma because even on a previous episode, I stated that I wasn't sure if it's worth $70. I'm still going to probably get it. And I don't mean to sound like a hypocrite, but I just like how it looks and time and effort that they put into it. And being though that I did not finish it, I could play the game, but then introduce my nephew to it so mm-hmm. he could play it and see one of the greatest games that's ever been made. Yeah, and I, I would say personally, I don't think you're a hypocrite for looking into getting that. I know that we had that discussion uh, in the past episode about what has been improved upon the game, what hasn't been touched on really. And of course, it's as we talked about at that episode, each person is going to determine what is worth it for them when it comes to the price tag with it and what is not. But if for someone I think, well, yes, you have it for multiple consoles, obviously, uh, someone who hasn't beaten the game that might be the best time to jump in in a sense is the ps5 version because you're getting one the most up-to-date version one the most fidelity version out there and then of course i'm going to assume that there's some slight quality of life improvements at the very least if they don't touch on the actual combat which at the moment doesn't seem they have that that way you at the very least are getting you know some maybe uh I guess I would call it fine-tuning from the the previous versions. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I will tell you as a person who beat it, and I think I told you before, like, I absolutely loved The Last of Us. I still haven't played The Last of Us Part 2 yet. I need to. uh, But just like you, I'm swamped with a lot of games, my backlog, of course. But I loved The Last of Us and still surprising that it was a game that I had no intentions of playing until I saw a used copy at a GameStop uh, with my with my PS4 and said, all right, well, I guess I'll get the used version because at the very least, if I don't like it, I can return it within seven days. And uh, obviously loved every moment of that. Uh, so for myself, it's going to be interesting because those who are listening to next week's episode that is going to air, of course, on Friday – You're going to hear basically the same things because, of course, I recorded that episode yesterday. So at the time of recording, it was August 4th. But I, again, am leaving for vacation. So with that being said, I can tell you about the games that I played to this point. And then you're going to hear me talk about those games again (laughs) next week's episode. But basically, I've been playing two games for the most part. First one is some more Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Three Hopes. And then the other one is I finally went back to playing Resonance of Fate 4K HD Edition on my PC. So to quickly go with Fire Emblem Warriors, still a really fun game, still enjoying you know everything that the game has to offer with it and getting further into that that 
story and context in there. Resonance of Fate, which is the one that I have talked about here on the podcast uh, several times. I had it featured in my five most underappreciated games. And, of course, on our one-year anniversary, I bought that game for Pete uh, as a gift, basically a thank you for helping out with the podcast. I obviously didn't buy it myself, and I picked it up on this uh, Steam Summer Sale. And so I finally got this urge the other night that I was like, you know, while I was trying to finish some of my other games, I was like, I just really, really want to play Resonance of Fate. And so I booted it up, and man, I just, I talk about it all the time, but like, I just really enjoy that game, and I really enjoy the combat, and I know that a lot of people think the combat is very convoluted, and it is, it's, that's not without, um, you know, overstatement, it is a convoluted battle system, but it is so fun, and when you really get the hang of it, it is one of the flashiest battle sequences that you can have, basically, in an RPG So, like, I really enjoy it. I won't get to play it when I'm out on my vacation because it is on PC and I don't have the Steam Deck. Uh, You know, Valve, if you want to send me a Steam Deck, I'd be very, very appreciative of it. But I don't have one. So I'll probably be playing more on my vacation when I do have downtime. uh, Fire Emblem Warriors or Dusk Diver. But uh, Residents of Fate is a great game. But uh, the only gripe that I have about it, and you're going to hear it in next week's episode because I talk about this too, is just sometimes the tonal shift in that game is so jarring that I'm like, what What was the thought process behind the, this tonal change? And um, But yeah, it is a ton of fun. I totally recommend people go check it out and, uh, and dive into, again, one of my most underrated games uh, in recent memory. I'm gonna have to uh, start my copy up so I can have something to talk to you about uh, next time I'm on here, so we can compare notes and whatnot. Because um, I always had the game, I just never played it. I had the copy before they did the remaster, and mm-hmm. I kept saying I'm gonna get around to it. Then the camera angle kind of pushed me off, but I said oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. And at the time, um, I wound up getting sidetracked by. Uh, I think it's Digimon All-Star Rumble. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I never went back to it, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm starting up while you're on vacation, so if I am on the next episode, we can talk. Yeah, and even if you're not on the next episode, of course, you and I chat all the time, so we can talk about it uh, in particular on that regard. Now, I do want to ask, because you said that, I have the Residents of Fate for PS3 before I got the 4K HD remaster. Which console did you have Residents of Fate on? Was it the 360 or was it PS3? 360, and I have the uh, PS4 remaster. Oh, and you have the PS4 remaster. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a great uh, I guess option to to dive into because uh, when you have the older version, it's like I tried to boot it up the other day. Uh, I think I sent the video to you, but like I like booted it up, and it's like, man, I remember the graphics being really good or like felt really good back in the time, but it's looking at it now, it was like, whew, those are those are some rough rough looking. Uh, pixelation that i see there so the 4k remaster is great and i think i make mention of it in next week's podcast but if i don't so that you know anyone that picks up the ps4 version of the 4k hd remaster if you have a ps4 pro or a ps5 you can play it in the 4k version uh that option is there however if you don't have that version you only have a standard ps4 you get uh, it's 1080p, so it is up-resed or remodeled, I guess I should say, up to 1080p, where originally it was 720p, and you get 60 frames per second, which is originally it was 30 frames per second. So there is still a noticeable improvement on the regular PS4 version, but PS4 Pro or the PS5 version, you can play in 4K. Obviously, with PC, you can play as any of the versions that you have or uh, the graphics settings as long as your PC can handle it, so... That's just a little tidbit to pass along. But 
We've been talking about what we've been playing lately for quite a bit, so let's get to our gaming catalog because there is, I think, some good lengthy discussions we might have coming out of this, and it is Sony makes comments about Xbox's ownership over Activision Blizzard in the coming months. Evo is this weekend, and we're getting announcements, tons of new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet news, and details on the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Family Plan have been revealed or at least slightly so we'll talk about all that here coming up on the one more game podcast but let's get to the main title the main catalog here for the podcast and that is again sony making comments we are going to nme.com for this written by will nelson and it is titled Xbox's ownership of Call of Duty could influence console choices, says Sony. And it goes as follows. PlayStation owner Sony Interactive Entertainment believes that Microsoft's upcoming Activision Blizzard acquisition and ownership of the Call of Duty franchise may inspire users to switch consoles. Sony made the statement in response to Brazil's own regulatory board, which published documents online concerning its investigation into the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard via a reset era and VG. And the regulatory body asked for opinions on the acquisition from a number of companies like Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Riot Games with Sony's answer published here, which obviously you can click on that and see it. In the document, which was translated, they used translated via Google, Sony says it's comparatively very difficult for companies to create best-selling rival franchises to the likes of Call of Duty and FIFA, adding that there are few developers or publishers capable of producing AAA games and long-running franchises outside of Activision. The Brazilian regulator, regulators excuse me, then asked for Sony's opinion on whether or not Activision have any close comp- competitors with its franchises, to which the company responded, quote, Activision's Call of Duty is an essential game, a blockbuster, a AAA-like game that has no rival. According to a 2019 study, the importance of Call of Duty to entertainment in general is indescribable. The brand was the only video game IP to break into the top 10 of all entertainment brands among fanatics joining powerhouses like Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Call of Duty influencers, users, choice of... Excuse me. Call of Duty influences users' choice of console, and its network of loyal users is so ingrained that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it wouldn't be able to compete, added Sony. Sony was then asked what factors would make it difficult for a franchise of that scale to be replaced or find competition from other developers, and they said, quote, Call of Duty generates strong connections with players. The franchise's memorable narratives and characters lead to a rich gameplay experience, and its long history has created an unparalleled level of familiarity. Familiarity. Activision has published Call of Duty titles every year since 2003. Players have become familiar with the game's setup and mechanics. They've honed their skills in the game's multiplayer over the years, striving to climb to the top of the leaderboards. Uh, and basically, then they say here at the end, there's even a sports space just for Call of Duty, the Call of Duty League, with prizes for winners running into the millions. To stay the least, players would hardly switch to alternative games as they would lose that familiarity, those skills, and even the friends they made while playing the games. While Sony's concerns about Mac, uh, Microsoft Activision uh, acquiring Activision may be justified. Microsoft itself has made it clear in, earlier this year that they intend to keep the franchise on PlayStation and available across different platforms. Now, Sharif, I know that you and I have had discussions, of course, about the uh, Microsoft a- uh, acquiring of Activision Blizzard. And as they say in this article, that Xbox has said at the moment that they intend to keep Call of Duty on multi-plat systems, of course, on PlayStation. But what was your thoughts or how what went through your head as you heard me read that article and the comments that Sony made about the Call of Duty franchise? Um, the thoughts that came to my mind is you can't play dangerous games and then get upset if the, the uh, competition raises the bar. Not only do you have Final Fantasy mainly on PlayStation, you have Spider-Man only on PlayStation, you have Wolverine coming out, which is going to be only on PlayStation, you had Street Fighter, which was only on PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure I can pull a bunch of other games. Like, while I want to see how this goes, and what will Microsoft gain by leaving it on other consoles still. Also, if they will be shady and give them like a watered-down version of the game, which I hope that's not the case, but 
all's fair in love and war, I guess. Um, I'm just interested to see how it goes. I just don't like that uh, Sony seems like they're whining a bit, in my opinion, about them uh, keeping Call of Duty, well, um, acquiring Activision, so this way that they have the, uh, the choice to keep Call of Duty on their platform exclusively. I, I want to ask real quick before I give my thoughts, though. I guess, do you, truly, do you truly feel it is Sony whining when Brazil's regulatory board asked for Sony's opinion on the matter? In a sense, yes, because you could have answered that a more better way. It seemed like they were kind of salty in a sense. And you could tell that was like a premeditated answer because of just the breakdown that he gave, that's why I feel as though that they were wanted in a sense. I, I mean, I could see if they, I mean, I wouldn't, how can I uh, word it better? It's not like they went out and just, you know, went in front of media and, and did that. So I give them credit for that. But just because somebody asked you, you could have gave a better answer in my personal opinion. I could be wrong. Okay. I mean, what do you think? See, I don't – so I don't take it the way – so the way that you're taking it or the way that uh, at least it comes across is the way that I did see the discussions online following the the posting, I guess, of these, these documents. And it is like a lot of people are saying is like Sony is complaining about this move, uh, is essentially trying to block it and – when I read it, I don't see that. What I see is Sony basically explaining to the regulatory board, maybe they don't follow, you know, again, Call of Duty or the gaming industry as closely. What I see Sony doing is just essentially listing off the credentials of this IP in itself. The fact that, again, they talk about it's a blockbuster that has no rival. Uh, it is the only IP that has broken into the top 10 of all entertainment brands. The fact that there's such a loyal fan base for this game that regardless of any other game that comes out, they always pick up this one, even if we see the years of people who you know, basically say it's just the same game uh it just shows again like they're trying to basically detail like saying look this is a very important franchise um when it comes to this matter and obviously the brazilian board regulatory board is looking into it so like should they potentially because of the fact as you talked about it they played a dangerous game before with acquisitions is it one of those where they should have watered it down a little bit and made it sound like they're not trying to say doom and gloom with it, maybe. But I just, I just see it more as that they just detailed the what Call of Duty is, the spectacle, so to speak, of Call of Duty, and it truly is that way. What I also see from this, though, is like it's not like Sony, as you said, didn't go to media and trying to really push back on this move. Um, also, granted, I think. Uh, everyone can is safe to assume this, or at least I would say it's safe to assume. No one expected at all when uh, Microsoft announced they were buying Activision Blizzard that Activision Blizzard would <laughs> actually be sold, and for the price amount that they got sold. Again, uh, we've done in past episodes how much money Microsoft has versus Sony. Regardless of how popular or how much Sony makes in money, it still does not make anywhere near as much money as microsoft again we're looking at a two trillion dollar company versus like a 230 billion dollar company like that's a huge difference uh so that's the other factor i guess in that regards uh from there but i i think what it does say from there and i think that this is important to note is that with the purchasing of activision blizzard Sony realizes and knows that this is a big shift in the industry. You know, we've had acquisitions, we've had purchasing before, but this is a big shift. And I, I'm going to kind of like say some a little bit more and then I want to, I guess, ask you a question before we move on. But you listed off, of course, some of the other exclusives that 
uh, PlayStation had over this most recent uh, console life uh, cycle using the PS4, for instance. But, you know, you talked about Final Fantasy. Now, Final Fantasy, you know, of course, in in history, so to speak, has been on uh, PlayStation exclusively, but they have had recent releases that do come out, of course, to Xbox. So Final Fantasy 15 was a, a multi-plat for that re- regard. If I remember correctly, Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age, uh, came out for Xbox as well, and I also I yeah recently be, yeah, and I also think I could be wrong that the the Final Fantasy ten ten two remaster came out for Xbox. Is that is that correct too? Last year, yes. Yeah, so so those all came out, you know, in a sense to uh, Xbox, but obviously Final Fantasy sixteen is going back to just PlayStation. But Spider Man, obviously, to starting ne- uh, next week comes out on pc but as you're right it has been a playstation uh exclusive street fighter was a playstation exclusive is now uh in the new street fighter 6 going to be coming out for all consoles including xbox but i before you finish oh go ahead spider-man came to microsoft to get a deal done and they would not do it so while that happened and sony did it i don't fault them for it but i'm just saying like you have all these exclusives that are, I mean, for me, that would make me pick a console. Yeah. Like, if it, I wasn't fortunate enough to get get them both, I would go with that because I like Spider-Man. I like Street Fighter. I like Final Fantasy. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I want to say... I want to say with what you're saying, like, obviously, that is why exclusives are important, you know, when it comes to, of course, as a company, regardless of the factors, you still want people to get pulled into your ecosystem. Obviously, Xbox is shifting their ecosystem more towards Game Pass, but still, in general, that's what you do it for. But the biggest thing or the biggest point, though, is with all the titles that we just listed, none of them, even combined amount to what call of duty brings when it comes to sales and dollars i mean we literally detailed it before that in 2021 the top earning games were call of duty vanguard and call of duty world at war and though or um yeah world of war and those both were one was a release for the entire year the other one was released in november and it was number yeah, one cold war and um vanguard yeah simultaneously, cold war. Which- yeah they're they're like that's that's the big factor and that's what sony's kind of getting at and again goes back to a, uh, the factor the price point that activision blizzard got bought for and i can't remember off the top of my head but i want to say it's like 62 billion dollars or something like that that's something that microsoft can obviously drop to make it happen which is what they did but not something that easily sony can do but i guess from that the one question i want to ask off of it is for you in your opinion how surprising are you to feel that within the game industry, as much as gamers seem to think this, is that they think Call of Duty has no rival. Battlefield is not rivaling it. Obviously, Titanfall is not rivaling it. There is no shooter that rivals Call of Duty. What is your take on that matter? First off, I'd like to say I would take any one of those two over Call of Duty any day. And it's... Not surprising because, um, let me try to be as PC as possible. <laughs> Look at the demographic that plays Call of Duty. Like, you have these people that don't play anything else. They stay on this, so forth and so on. Yeah, if I'm spending $60 a year playing the same thing over and over again because I'm good at it or I like it or I'm buying xp yes i'm gonna tell other people there's no competition when in a real situation it would be no competition for a game like nba 2k because there's no other basketball game currently but with call of duty there are other games you just have hate to say you got fanboys because you can't be a uh gotta be pc you can't be a (laughs) a normal person with two eyes and see these three games and say that there's no competition. There's no way possible. Like, I no, I don't see any way that you can compute a response like that. I don't know, man. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I think, well, 
this is not to say that uh, these other games aren't uh, capable, of course, of sales or dollars, but you know, mine is Battlefield 2042 because obviously that one is a train wreck when it comes to <laughs> that that overall. But I, I mean, it it is showing essentially of like. No one can't technically speaking, Call of Duty really only competes with itself. Now, there are other FPSs out there, as you said. Obviously, there are people who would prefer Battlefield over Call of Duty or uh, Titanfall over Call of Duty. Um, you know, any of the other shooters that are out there, Halo, for instance. But when it comes to moving market shares, moving sales, bringing in dollar amounts, nothing does touch Call of Duty. And so. While I understand what you're saying, I do think, though, as an industry and with at the game industry as itself, it's really telling with what Sony said is that within the industry, while we as gamers are like, oh, Battlefield and Call of Duty are rivaling each other, Call of Duty is a whole nother beast, basically. And it's more so like, how can these other shooters pick up the scraps so to speak what what can they gather from those that are there uh and i just find that really interesting so to add on to what you just said right for one sony has a better sight of the industry than i do so um i'll take their word but would you consider fortnite competition with call of duty because uh fortnite's been the craze and um it seemed like they have unlimited money just to throw at that game. And also, if we're just basing games off of high sales, I think the only thing that would come close to Call of Duty if we're excusing Fortnite would be Grand Theft Auto. And Grand Theft Auto still doesn't touch Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is obviously a big market mover as well. And, of course, uh, GTA Online makes Rockstar a ton of money. But I, I think with with... GTA, the biggest difference, obviously, is that they're not able to release a new game every year, whereas Call of Duty is. And the fact from there is, regardless of what people say, um, Call of Duty just continues to sell because people are like, oh, I need to pick up the new one. Uh, But to answer your first question before we move on, um, I would say personally, Yes, Fortnite rivals are it because of the fact of Warzone. Like Warzone, if Warzone mode wasn't there, then I don't think you directly look at Fortnite as a competitor like you do because it is still a shooter and it still brings a lot of money in. But it is a different version. It's like similar to why you don't compare essentially as a competitor a first-person shooter to a third-person shooter. It brings something different to the table. But I think with Warzone there, it has to be – it is a competitor. But Warzone obviously makes a lot of money too. And then the other thing though to keep in mind is, yes, Epic Games has like almost unlimited money when it comes to Fortnite and does great job with its partnership and skins to keep people paying money. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, it is a free-to-play game. And so while, yes, it makes a ton of money, it prints money for Epic Games, you have in Call of Duty – Printing money in a sense of battle passes for Warzone as well as, of course, Call of Duty itself. But you also are selling copies at a premium price. So you're getting money in like two different formats. And I think that's why maybe within the industry that'll look at it as closely as a competitor. But as you said, I'm not part of the that part of the industry. And so, like, I don't know, uh, I guess, the minds of behind the executives uh, with, with what they're thinking. But. That's so that touch would be real quick before we switch. I would think something that has licenses from Martin Luther King speeches all the way to Dark Vader would be rivaling Call of Duty because that's a wide range of content. Yes. And they're not taking any losses behind it. Like they even have a Black Panther mural. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But yeah, it's it's just crazy. Like I despise Fortnite with a passion. But that's a whole nother conversation. It's just you can recognize where the money's being made. And I think, honestly, if we really want to be technical and take my favorite shooters out, that would be his only rival. But once again, we don't have the foresight Sony has, so we kind of got to take their word for the most part. 
Yeah, we got to, as you said, we do got to take their word. And the other person that we have to take their word for is a creator of a franchise whenever they say something. And that's going into our next article here. It is coming from the Video Game Chronicle, written by Jordan Midler. And it is Mortal Kombat 12 won't be announced at EVO 2022, claims Ed Boon. And this goes as follows Ed Boon has claimed that the next game in the Mortal Kombat franchise won't be announced as part of the upcoming EVO 2022 championship event. In a tweet, Quoting an article from IGN, the man who has been behind the franchise since its inception said, quote, except Mortal Kombat, sorry. This is in reference to the article suggesting that the developers behind Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Guilty Gear are all expected to make announcements during EVO 2022. In a further response to this, Boone said, quote, it's time for Street Fighter and the other great fighting games to be in the sun. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced a new live show it will be running alongside this week's Evolution Championship Series, and that the show will will contain special announcements. EVO 2022, which marks the show's 20th anniversary, is being held in Las Vegas from August 5th to day of the recording all the way to August 7th. The next Mortal Kombat game has been the subject of much speculation as of late. The franchise, which hasn't had a new entry since Mortal Kombat 11 in 2019, was thought to be in limbo during the merger of Time Warner and Discovery Media. Journalist Jeff Grubb claimed last August that NetherRealm was working on Mortal Kombat 12, suggesting the studio was prioritizing it over its DC superhero series Injustice due to uncertainty over its future with parent company WB Games. Now, there's, of course, some more things here uh, in the article, but I want to ask you, Sharif, I guess... Two parts. One, obviously you and I are big fans of fighting games in the FGC community, and Evo, of course, is a really, really awesome time for fighting game fans. But one, how excited are you for the announcements that come always out of Evo? But two, how disappointed are you that we might, if this is to be believed, not getting Mortal Kombat 12 as one of those announcements? I'm not disappointed at all, and I'll tell you why. Um... Currently, there are a bunch of fighting games out, and I think fighting games are in a good place. Um, you even got Multiverse, which is the highest concurrent fighting game, period. But um, as far as announcements, I'm looking forward to them. I just want Mortal Kombat to take its time because I enjoyed 11 to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, I thought it could have been better. And I want to enjoy some of the stuff that I have already and some of the stuff that is already coming out so if they put it on the back burner for like another year or a couple of months i'm okay with that just as long as there's a quality game yeah i i'm disappointed because mortal kombat is arguably my favorite fighting game obviously i have talked about it here in the podcast before especially when we talked about the voice actor for johnny cage doing the tweet outside of the nether realm studio that i love mortal kombat and what it offers into the game so getting a new entry just like with any game right gets you excited so i kind of was hoping that we would get a mortal kombat 12 announcement but i am right there with you i think right now where a lot of the games are there are so many fighting games out at the current moment that are being well-received or being played at a high level, and Mortal Kombat 11 is still played at a high level, that it doesn't upset me to the point where it's like, well, Mortal Kombat's going to be forgotten, because it's it's not. But you, as you said, you have DNF Duel that just came out, and you're playing that. Obviously, you have Multiverses that just came out. You, next year, next summer, we have Street Fighter VI coming out. Later on this year, uh, we have a, a fighting game that I'm looking forward to, and I think uh, you, I've talked to you about it, too. You're looking forward to it but blazing strike uh an indie fighting game that looks really fun basically taking um, a lot of inspiration from street fighter third strike there's a lot of great fighting games that are coming up obviously guilty gear at a high level and just overall there's so many different things out there that if it takes another year i think that's fine uh but obviously you don't want to wait too long because at the end of the day Mortal Kombat 12, they can't just sit around, or Mortal, another Realm Studio, I guess I should say, can't just sit around and let all the other fighting games make the the money that they want to make because they got to make money at some point too. So, of course, I feel like getting a Mortal Kombat 12 out there will be great. And I really look forward to the story mode that Mortal Kombat 12 brings because Mortal Kombat does story modes really, really well for fighting yes. games. And I hope that, I hope more fighting games start to take, I guess, 
inspiration from what Mortal Kombat does to present its story mode because I think there are so many other fighting games out there that could do a really good story mode with their characters if they put more focus into it versus just making this hodgepodge story mode that's usually just all over the place, I guess is the way to describe it. So I'll make a prediction real quick. Go for it. Street Fighter 6 will be released, I would say, February, March, instead of the summer. Okay. okay. So if I'm wrong, um, everybody that's listening, feel free to message me, tell me I suck, so forth and so on. I'll accept it gladly. Um, and I wanted to say that I think they were probably going to announce Injustice 3. But with everything that's going on with DC right now, I don't know. So I'm going to hold back that. I will be mad if they do announce it and I wasn't confident in what I originally was going to say. Yeah, I will say, you know, there is Ed Boon being Ed Boon. It could easily be an Injustice 3 gets announced. And that's why he said except Mortal Kombat and didn't say except Netherrealm. Right, you know, there's he, he, Ed Boon is the master of trolls. So there's a there's you can't always take what he says as as fact because he's he's constantly doing some trolling measures. But I do agree with you when it comes to Street Fighter's release. Now I don't know if I'd put a month on it just yet, but it will be out by August of next year for sure because they're going to want to release it to get ahead of Evo next year. And they want to make sure that people have had an opportunity to learn the systems so that at Evo, it is played at a high level. So I, I agree with you definitely. By August next year, it'll it'll be out. And uh, I think the time frame that you gave, you know, February, March, maybe April area would be a good time point. Because as fans of the FGC know, and you as well, that would be ahead of Combo Breaker ahead of CEO and of course ahead of Evo. So like the three three of the big summer fighting game events, you're ahead of those three and can really build up into what Evo brings to the table. So we'll see that. Also, we'll see. Oh, go for it. Yeah, sorry about that. Um it wouldn't be me if I didn't hope for something I know that's not going to happen. I would love to see Tekken X Street Fighter. <laughs> I would love just just come on guys do it for me man do it don't, don't you like, and like a ton of others out there want that to come back <laughs> or even a Street Fighter X Tekken remaster one of the two because they're not remastering Third Strike we keep getting poor reports of it no I at least no. get one of those two that's why again right. Blazing Strike this fall is uh is one to to keep an eye out of. I I, I definitely think for myself I'm going to be picking up Blazing Strike. Yeah, it I looks, want that and that League of so Legends good. game. A Project L free to play. By yes. the way, announced just recently, not in the show, but now it is. So yeah, Project L recently announced as free to play. Let's move on a little bit because of timing's sake. We got to get through some of these other articles. Let's talk a little bit about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We had a lot of news that was dropped on Wednesday. We are going to be reading from Polygon.com for this article written by Nicole Carpenter, and it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of stuff. So I'll kind of read this a little bit, and then I'll read a little bit of extra details that Pokemon put out, but then we'll just kind of discuss, I guess, the thoughts of leading up to the next entry into the Pokemon series, but it goes as follows. The Pokemon Company dolled out more than just Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet news during its Pokemon Presents broadcast on Wednesday. Of course, there was still a bunch of new details shown regarding the next mainline games that are ahead of its November 18th release date. The Pokemon Company went into depth on Scarlet and Violet's location and other previously secret features. Alongside Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, other Pokemon apps and games were showcased on the stream. So here is some of the announcement breakdown. The Pokemon Company shared a new trailer for the upcoming mainline games during the presentation that gave us a new name for the new region, Paldea. We also got a look at the two legendary Pokemon, Koraidon and Miraidon, who can be ridden like motorcycles, sometimes flying motorcycles as a partner Pokemon, which by the way, I want to say, I think it's Koraidon. It's really weird. It's supposed to be like a motorcycle, but it runs with its legs. Super strange. Uh, Anyways, it also showed- 
Yeah, it also showed a crystallization feature that seems to be replacing uh, Gigan- uh, Gigantamax Pokemon. That makes Pokemon shine like diamonds, and you can actually switch types during this. Uh, Pokemon will also have uh, players will be able to do a treasure hunt at the academy with three different stories to follow. And, of course, there are going to be uh, the multiplayer mode that was shown off in previous areas, as well as a raiding mode that seems to be similar to the raids in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, also, there was some news about Pokemon. Pokemon Go, that's going to be uh, the final, uh, the Pokemon Go Fest finale event will be held in August, concluding the event story and bringing Ultra Beast Pokemon to all players. Niantic has added also Daily Adventure Incense, which uh, is active for 15 minutes to attract new Pokemon, even legendaries. New Pokemon have been added to Pokemon Unite, and there's a new party mode in there called Pika Party, where everybody is a Pikachu, and Buzzwool is coming to the game. Uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Masters EX uh, is adding a trainer lounge and Mewtwo has been added to Pokemon Cafe Remix so Sharif what do you want to talk about well um first I wanted to make fun of uh the Pokemon I'm um, having motorcycle wheels running um such a strange wanna, strange yes choice because <laughs> I didn't see the like the full announcement but I seen that and I just started scratching my head like am I asleep um, I'm curious about the multiplayer mode because with Arceus, it didn't really have the traditional one because they scrapped pretty much everything you knew about Pokemon and you had to do different stuff to catch them and so forth and so on. I want the traditional multiplayer back, so I'm hoping that that's something that's included in the game upon its release. So I can go back to fighting online. Yeah, I think that that is there, but I do like the aspect, if if I remember correctly, is that you are going to be actually able to, like, run around and do the adventure as multiplayer, which is pretty cool. Uh, I know they talked about here, that's you know— big if that's the case. Yeah, it says in Pokemon Scarlet, players can trade and battle with trainers all over the world using a feature called Poke Portal. Uh, for trading, of course, a link trade lets players trade with a specific person. Surprise trade uh, lets you basically trade with any random person in the world. And then battling, you basically can uh, fight people, of course, online. And additionally, additionally, with the new Union Circle feature added to the Poke Portal, a player and up to three friends can adventure together in the same space. So, like, that sounds like... You can do the story together. I'm not 100% sure, but that's the details coming from Pokemon. And I think that's going to be probably the most fun aspect, and I hope it works as well as I think it would be. Almost like an MMO where, again, you can you know, jump into your friend's game and you can still do your story but just play with a friend while you do it. So I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, some of the other things that they showed off look pretty cool, but Pokemon obviously always sells like hotcakes it is a obviously one of the most popular franchises out there we obviously talked about call of duty well i think pokemon is the next is the other one up there when it comes to the pure entertainment level of video games because pokemon is not just video games obviously the show obviously the cards and kids love it and adults love it because of course we grew up with pokemon so i'm really looking forward to it i think that it's going to be a lot of fun and uh but yeah i just i hope that they go back and rethink about the (laughs) karadon because maradon the other one the purple legendary it actually like rolls on its wheels so like that one looked like how it's supposed to be. But Karadon has like a wheel body and was running. And I'm like, what What was the point of making them like a motorcycle if you're not going to let the, yeah, the motorcycle part go? Box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which sucks because that was the po- that's the legendary that I was most looking forward to getting. So like it kind of just was like, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> You know what's funny uh, that we just got finished with the Call of Duty talking, we're now on Pokemon, and the reason why I correlate those two things together is more adults play Pokemon and more children play Call of Duty. I just find that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, they have their own audience. That's what they're appealing to, right? That's just how it goes. <laughs> well, 
I think now it's time to move on to our next article here coming from IGN, and it is Microsoft is piloting new features for Xbox insiders to share their Game Pass subscription with four other people. That's a very long title, but that is the title, and it is written by Casey David Muir Taylor, and it goes as follows. Microsoft announced on their official blog they are rolling out a plan to Xbox Insiders that allows multiple people to share Game Pass Ultimate benefits. The preview feature is only rolling out in Colombia and Ireland currently. Now, Microsoft's goal with the preview is to make it even easier for gamers to play games on Game Pass with friends and family across console, PC, and cloud by enabling them up to add up to four people for their subscription. Now, of course, this will increase the price as well, so that is important to note. The plan is only available to Xbox insiders, those that are in those countries, of course, at the moment. And the only people who can join it, of course, has to be in the same country. When players join the preview, the new plan will convert the time remaining on your membership to time in the new plan based upon the monetary value of the old membership. Now, this was announced by Microsoft working on this reportedly back in March. Uh, The details from them, including requiring added members to the same country are the same or similar to that initial report now it's not in this article but i did see it online so i put it in the show notes that it has been looked at if you do this adjustment in ireland i think it was specifically and how it basically factors the the time difference in or the um the payment difference in that if you calculate it over to the u.s it seems to be saying that it's going to end up costing $24.99 a month. And again, you can add up to four people to that plan. So Sharif, I want to ask you because I'm going to peel behind the fourth wall a little bit. You were talking to me recently because I have stopped my (laughs) Game Pass subscription uh, for the time being because I'm playing too many other games that you were like, hey, I think I can add you to it. And I said, oh, I don't think that plan is out there yet, but I'm okay with it. So I guess I got to ask you, Seeing this coming out, obviously, in Ireland and Colombia, but the reported, obviously, price of being $24.99, how excited are you for this move and that the price point that they, again, reportedly will be at? Okay, well, first off, um, Microsoft doesn't fully know their uh, features have rolled out in other places as well because um, that's kind of why I asked you without asking you. So we could talk about it on the podcast. Um, and I, I think it's a good idea. And I think it will not only bring Microsoft more money, because more people will be willing to pay for that than to get the Game Pass, wait till it runs out, and get like two months or a year, and then add the uh, Xbox Live Gold so they don't have to pay for the um game pass to get around it so i do think that's a good idea and not only that you could probably get more people into playing games they wouldn't normally play and with the tvs rolling out the uh, game pass app it's a steal in my opinion yeah i mean game pass is again i talk about it all the time Game Pass is a phenomenal service. I mean, for especially when you factor in the day one options, at least at the you know minimum, Xbox games, and of course they always end up making some deals with other companies to put their game on their day one. That is uh, the one of the best values in video games out there. PlayStation Plus is a different story, and I think that that is still a phenomenal value as well. But when it comes to, like, if you're trying to play new games and figure out what you want to do, Game Pass is the the best deal out there. Um, I want to, before I go into my full thoughts, I want to just say the one thing real quick. I am still really upset that, yes, they are rolling out the app for TVs. Uh, Microsoft, roll that app out for Android TVs, please, because... I want to play it on my TV every now and then. I will fi- I'm fine playing the cloud version, but I you don't have it out net yet. You put it out for Samsung TVs, put it out for Android TVs. Is just do it. It'll make it simple and easy. And most companies have apps for the Android TV because it uses the Google Play Store. Just activate it for my TV, and I will be happy. With that being said, I am a little curious about the. The fact of what you said about them making more money 
off of this. I'm not 100% sure. Again, I'm not an executive behind the scenes. But my only thing is the price point of $24.99, I can just imagine – I'm not going to say it. Like, like who, I guess I should say. But like I know just in our friend circle alone that we could – we would link up and do that. And if you think about it, the four people at $15 a piece, for instance – you're now looking at 60 bucks, and we're dropping that down to $25. I'm sure there's a lot of friend circles that are going to do the same thing. And so, like, in that regard, those that have already been subscribing to it and were staying subscribed to it are going to be cutting the profit share, and essentially, of what Microsoft can bring in, uh, in off of that. Now, I'm, as a consumer... This is a damn steal, and I'm all for it. But I just imagine that this is like with Game Pass when it first rolled out. This might be the introductory price, so to speak. And maybe in a year or two, they'll slightly increase it. I don't think it'll get crazy and get to like $60 because obviously then it's – what's the point in combining this down? But I could see it getting closer to like maybe that $35, $40 price point where in a sense everybody is saving $5 – off of their uh, Game Pass subscriptions to be a part of this family plan. But I don't know. Microsoft has a lot of money, and they make a lot of money not just in video games and other avenues too. So, like, I can see them, you know, sharing essentially the the drought that the money might bring towards different departments where it's negligible and they don't even really notice it. How about your thoughts on that? Okay, um, I got multiple thoughts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the uh, Game Pass for PC being, I think, like $5 at one point. It was $5 for a long time, yes. Yeah. So, they, in my opinion, they tested the market, and they were able to see at that low price. So, getting a group of people to do it knocks out <clears throat> them going the extra mile to using other people's Game Pass because I won't say... But there's ways that you can sign in and use someone else's to play whatever it is you want to play and et cetera. So rather than them keep going through that, they'll make it a bit uh, cheaper up front, but still um, recoup their money yearly. Because you think about it, right? $25 doesn't seem a lot between four to five people. But think about 12 months. Because the Game Pass... Already is $120 now just for one person a year. So with them doing that, they're still recouping their costs. And with the ads and stuff that they have now and et cetera, they should be fine. I don't see them, uh, what is it, taking a loss on it. And I see more people getting it. And especially for the people that aren't able to, you know, kick out maybe $60 a month or maybe $30 a month. They get with their friends or family members and they can put out $5 a piece. So be it. Also, think about the parents that uh can just spend $25 for their multiple kids or cousins that live with them and play y'all crazy. Yeah, and and I want to I guess I want to clarify I, as I said I'm not saying they're not going to make money because obviously this is an enticing plan where you may be able to bring in more people that didn't have it before because they're like, oh, as a family, we can make the money. My thing was saying basically that I could see in a number of friend circles the people who are subscribers of Game Pass and and don't drop it, just continue to be subscribers – will likely join as a family or join this four group and now you go in just that friend circle of $60 every month from all four of them to $25. And obviously as the months go on, that is, you know, again a $35 loss every single month from those people. For the people who subscribe in and out all the time, this is perfect because now yes, you you bring them into the fold and likely get them to stay uh going on. And then I also want to say as you did say, when Xbox Game Pass, when Xbox Game Pass first dropped for console and for for PC, so both in their both instances, they did start off yes at five dollars, and then they upgraded it eventually, or I shouldn't say upgraded, but they they increased it to ten dollars, so it is ten dollars. However, we're talking about Game Pass Ultimate here, 
So that's $15 for Ultimate. And so over the course of the year, right, that's $180. If you're bringing that down and you have some people who are uh, sharing the load from from that, uh, you are getting a $35 loss each month. That does add up. But of course, as long as they're still staying as a subscriber, that's still consistent money. And my point is... I could see them doing the same route that they did with Game Pass and the same route that they did with uh, Game Pass for PC is that maybe they do this $25 for a year, two years, whatever it may be. And then we'll see here in a few years, uh, they may go, okay, we're now we're increasing the price now uh, to $30 or maybe $35. And I feel like that gets you closer to still a good number, a good dollar amount, but it is less than... In a sense, um, it is still a savings for four people, if you if you get what I mean. So where then it knocks it off maybe five dollars per person, and it still is a savings. It still is incentivizing, still a good a good value. But that might be what I see Microsoft doing because of their what they did with Game Pass beforehand. Still a great deal. Still not not discounting it anything. Just just think that because the time. Also, saving, the cool thing. You know, Go for it. Not to cut you off. Um, with Game Pass, when you have like, like for instance, me, I don't get a chance to play everything like I want to. And sometimes I'll turn my console on. It'll be like, oh, such and such is leaving. Like, let's say Streets of Rage is leaving. Get it for uh, 30% off of the regular price. I'm going to go ahead and pull out my credit card. Get it. So you have stuff like that enticed as well. So... They definitely gonna, um, what is it? They're definitely gonna succeed with it, just as long as they keep it like that. And a little price increase to maybe five or ten dollars more, nothing over that. And I think that's kind of pushing it because, once again, look at the way the world is and the financial state. So yeah. I would think no more than five or ten dollar increase, and you continue to have the games a percentage off, they'll be fine. Oh yeah, I, the the discount on buying games that are on Game Pass is is a a great nice touch, like the sprinkles on your your ice cream cone. They're a great thing to have as well. So I agree with you. Because the time is sake, I do got to drop our last story, which I didn't read or tease. So not not many of you would have known if I didn't say that. But I'm going to skip that one. We're going to go straight to the upcoming releases. So when is it officially releasing Game Pass uh, Ultimate Family Edition? I guess I'll say when is that officially releasing here in the United States? I don't know, but I do know what's coming out this week, and I'm going to tell you all about it here, right, starting with today. We have Friday, August 4th, Gigabash for PS5, PS4, and PC, Recipe for Disaster on PC. Monday, August 8th, you have Tyrant's Blessing for PC. Tuesday, August 9th, you have Farthest Frontier for PC. Two Point Campus for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Timothy and the Tower of Moo for PC. Wednesday, August 10th, you have Lost in Play for Switch and PC. Tower of Fantasy for PC, iOS, and Android. Pulling No Punches for PC. Book Quest for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Thursday, August 11th, you have Cult of the Lamb for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Rumble Verse for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Arcade Paradise for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Shin Chan, Me and the Professor on Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven Day Journey for PS4, Switch, and PC. And then Friday, August 12th, you have Voyage for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Super Bullet Break for PS4, Switch, and PC. City Eye for PC. Monster Tribe for PC. Fashion Police Square for PC. And Marvel Spider-Man for PC. Sharif, any of these catching your attention well first off i just want to say um you said all that fast and i got brain tired um i bet you guys can't say that fast <laughs> three times um for the most part uh gigabash might be something i'll look into but uh i think this week i'm gonna skip and just play some of the stuff i got because uh i've been meaning to play strike now there you go there's a a good one to to look into uh uh gigabash obviously looked pretty cool when it got shown off at the playstation state of play so i hear you on that um i'm gonna just shout out some games that of course are not like big well-known ones because of course marvel spider-man you know 
is you are we already talked about it but uh some games that did catch my eye now i'm not going to pick them up but they're games that uh, of course are look interesting uh fashion police on friday august 12th actually looks really interesting it almost looks like a doom type game uh which is like really cool like old school doom and i thought that that looked uh like a lot of fun uh super bullet break is an interesting game i don't know how exactly to describe it but i have been following it for a while Excuse me, it is being published by P-Cube, if I remember correctly. And it looks really interesting, so that's another one to check out. Rumbleverse uh, is a lot of fun. That's a free-to-play game coming from Iron Galaxy. Same people who helped make... uh, Killer Instinct on the Xbox and this is being published by Epic Games so I would totally recommend checking that one out and then the last one is I played in the beta for it and it is a ton of fun uh, so those that want a Genshin Impact like game but not Genshin Impact and of course starting out now Tower of Fantasy is a, is a fun game to go check out so those would be the ones to look into for myself but that is all that we have here for the podcast so sharif is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we send them off into the weekend i would need all of the listeners to please pray that uh we get a tekken x street fighter or street fighter cross tekken re-release it's like no all jokes aside um finish your games wash your hands be courteous to the others and stay cool Stay cool and exactly wash your hands, people. You don't know how dirty your hands are with all the things that you've touched throughout the day. So do yourself a little bit of hygiene and wash them. But anyways, that's here on the One More Game Podcast. I've been one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy. This has been Sharif. Don't do me dirty because all I want is love Hamilton and we enjoy bringing this to you. So as always, everybody, stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep on gaming. We'll see you guys on the next episode.